Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Traumas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can tell by my voice, I am not coming at you with my finest voice. And it's not because I'm sick or anything, but it's because I'm recording this episode after, you know, going to a concert and screaming my lungs out. So I don't have (laughs) the best vocal cords right now. And yet I'm still choosing to record this episode for you guys because I want this to be ready so that you guys can have this while I'm on my vacation. So please do disregard my scratchy, weird voice and squeaky kind of breathy voice. I'm so sorry. I apologize, but it's going to be happening. I'm going to be squeaking. I know throughout this episode, but hopefully it does not bother you too much. (laughs) And if it does, you guys can tell me and I will make sure to get my best and finest shape when I am recording for you guys again. So don't worry. But I did want to still get this episode recorded for you guys. And I actually think me having this not so great voice fits the the mood and the vibe for this type of episode. Because if you haven't noticed, I have released... Um, before this one, I've released a Catch a Vibe with Lola episode. And with these type of episodes, I am trying my best to be a little bit more kind of comfortable and chill and raw when recording. And that's not usually the case. I'm usually in a very kind of structured you know, set up and it's just not as, it's a little bit more stressful, I'm going to be honest. But with these episodes, I want to take it down like several notches. I am on my couch. I am drinking tea. I have my feet kicked up and I really am just, just chilling. I'm really just chilling and hanging out with you guys while I'm recording. And I think, you know, my voice being how it is, it's just me coming to you, how I'm coming to you. And I hope that matches what I am setting up for these type of episodes. And again, I want you as you're listening to this to also be in the same kind of situation, same kind of mood, kind of hanging out, having your feet kicked up, you know, just just chilling. And we can just kind of hang out and chat about one of these topics that I have on my mind about K-Drama Land. And with these type of episodes and the topics that I choose, I want it to be topics that I can kind of just like talk about on the fly, like off the fly, off the top of my head, not with much preparation and not with too much, you know, really thought going into it. But I will say that I cheated as far as this topic today. The topic that I wanted to throw out with my Catch a Vibe with Lola episode today is why do people hate K-dramas? And I did do a little prep for this one. I did cheat a little bit because I wanted to get some of those, those reasons. And I made a list of them. And I am just going to go through that list with you guys. And while we're talking through the list, we're going to be exposing to ourselves, you know, what we really feel about those those critiques. And I also think it's just a really cool topic to just kind of sit and and think about and ruminate on as someone who is a K-drama lover, a K-drama enthusiast, someone who lives and breathes K-dramas to an extent. And I I wanted to sit on this. I wanted to sit on these thoughts and these critiques. And the other thing I wanted to do with this, this type of episode or this specific topic for this episode is give everyone who may be new to K-dramas a perspective about K-dramas if you're still kind of like in this honeymoon phase with K-dramas because I feel like some people are new to K-dramas and they don't really know that there was a time where K-dramas were completely ripped to shreds like from you know to north to south to east to the west it was like ripped to shreds and I think some of these critiques that I gathered are actually pretty dated I think a lot of this replies to a time when I was watching when I was watching K-dramas where people were being super critical and harsh on K-dramas from a perspective of just not being exposed to them enough so they don't really know the variety that is actually within this this umbrella or under this umbrella that is K-drama and I think nowadays, so many people know and are very aware that there are just so many different types of K-dramas. And so I think these critiques are really looking at K-dramas as an art form that was, you know, I think from a lens of limited, like limitedness, like where people didn't really even know there were so many different types of K-dramas and there are so many genres and different types of genres within K-dramas. I think to say that you hate K-dramas is to say like, I hate books. Like you can't say that. You have to say what 
type because there's so many different types. It's not just like one type. Yes, there are very specific conventions that make up K-dramas to some degree, but I think even saying that nowadays, I think K-drama itself is fighting against some of those conventions. And that could be the influence of, you know, of the West or whatever you want to say. It could be those influences, but I definitely do think it is itself doing away with a lot of its own conventions. And so again, there's some of these critiques to me are a little dated, but I did gather a nice little list. I think I have like 10 possible like complaints or reasons people can hate K-dramas or the things that people complain most about K-dramas. And I'm going to go through them and just, we're going to, we're going to see if we agree with some of them. And I think another cool thing about this topic for me again, or just anyone who's a K-drama enthusiast, it's always good to, whenever you love something and you just think it's amazing and wonderful and you just respect it and appreciate it so much, it is also sometimes really, really great to, to be aware of what other people do not like about that thing that you love, right? Not because you need to agree with them or you need to take on any of those ideals, but because it's sometimes just good to be critical of a thing that you love and appreciate so that when it comes time to defend it, you can't. Okay. (laughs) So again, I'm like, I like to be abreast on some of the critiques about K-drama so that I just know if I ever have to go up to bat for K-dramas, I know your arguments and I'm going to have rebuttals prepared. Okay. So this is our chance to kind of learn what the, the, the folks on the ground who are not um, aware of what makes K-dramas amazing and they kind of just see these these abstract critiques and kind of throw those at um, at you, you kind of have a note of what those things are and you can gather some, some thoughts of your own that you're like, you know what? I know I'm going to raise you. You raise me this. I'm going to raise you that about K-dramas, okay? So just a thing I think would be fun um, that we can kind of go through this. And while I'm going through these critiques, I'm not going to, I'm going to try my best (laughs) not to name any specific K-dramas as examples of some of these issues and complaints, because I feel like that's just like, that's, that's not right. Like, that's not what we're trying to accomplish here. We don't want to actually, you know, call out some of the dramas that definitely need to be critiqued um but I'm just gonna talk about them and just kind of broader general sense and I think a lot of these critiques are they're they're to me to be applied to a k-drama they're they should not be applied to all of k-drama as a kind of overarching genre of of medium it just it just shouldn't but again this is this is what I gathered and I think there's value and the, these critiques and complaints I think a lot of them I do agree with with certain dramas these things are present but it's just not the thing to to say about all k-drama because I have definitely seen some k-dramas that are perfection that have done no wrong that no one could ever bring up a critique against (laughs) and if they do they have to come to me and we can fight about it okay um but no I'm just kidding but I definitely do believe that a lot of these critiques are applied to k-dramas individually and not as like just the genre as like this is what makes a k-drama no absolutely not but still let's talk about them okay so I am going to get started with the first one here and the first one I have on the list and this is a very common complaint and it's pacing issues again uh, okay but you know some people complain that k-dramas are often slow paced and have draggy storylines and that can sometimes of course make the viewing experience a lot less engaging however of course if you think about that when it comes to every k-drama that's just not the case some k-dramas do not have any issues with pacing but i will say that that is an issue that i have definitely noted with k-dramas in the past um And it's not that I think the K-dramas are slow paced necessarily, but a lot of times with the pacing issues, I think a lot of times it's it's a little bit more of an issue with me 
these days, I'm going to be honest with the the new um, kind of shift to shorter form K-dramas where they have, you know, 12 episodes, eight episodes, and they're trying to squeeze in a lot of story into to these short amount of episodes and with with that I do see some pacing issues a lot of times because I see they're taking their time telling the story and then all of a sudden they get to episode six out of 12 they're like oh crap we have so much that we haven't touched on yet and then all of a sudden those next six episodes are like ran through really quickly and it's like oh my gosh what happened to the pacing of this story and it's completely off so that is a valid critique. I definitely think for me these days, I'm having more issue with pacing um, than I have in the past. I always, I love my 16, 20 episode K-dramas. I don't really have issues with that. Um, I think it's just enough amount of time to tell the story and do well with your pacing. And I don't know, I'm, I'm having more issues with that now. And I think this critique is tying to older K-dramas more than it is newer K-dramas. I think a lot of people like the shorter K-dramas because I think it is a little bit more fast paced and a little bit, you know, like they get to the point quicker, quicker. And I don't agree. I don't agree with that. But I definitely think that is a common complaint. And I think it is a valid complaint. Okay. Um, The next that I have on my list. um, And of course, this is a big one. Predictable plots. (sighs) Certain K-dramas usually follow very similar or familiar tropes and formulas leading to often a predictable you know story and yes that I think is a that is a very 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 like number one big bane complaint about k-drama and has always been i think this one is one of the the complaints that i saw the most back in the day when you talked about k-dramas was like oh my gosh oh my gosh everybody knows what's gonna happen oh this this is what's gonna happen and i agree to some degree that is absolutely correct especially with some of the older k-dramas i remember there was a phase when i was newer to k-dramas and i was just like consuming them like candy which i still do um but i was like really taking them in and the thing that i started to recognize at some point and this is like the early you know early 2010s like early 2000s um you know mid like early 2000s i'm sorry of k-dramas and i felt like if you had a 16 episode K-drama, it was like by episode six, you were getting your kiss. It was like, if you didn't get that kiss in episode six, what is this K-drama? Like you you knew at a certain number of episodes, this is when the kiss was going to happen. This is when the skin show was going to happen. This was the moment that we were waiting for in this episode. And it always without fail happened. And that was something I thoroughly enjoyed about K-dramas. So as much as this is a complaint that a lot of people have or had and still have about K-dramas, I think this is the thing that I actually appreciate most about K-dramas. And let me tell you a quick little story. So you know something about Lo in relation to why I love predictable plots. So if I had to make a list of reasons why I love K-dramas, this would be actually on my list of reasons why. And let me explain. So my history with television and TV, you know, is was pretty varied leading up to K-dramas when I started K-drama watching. Um, now, not so much. I'm just watching nothing but K-dramas. But back in the day, you know, I watched regular television like everybody else. Um, <laughs> um, when I say that, I'm just basically like Western television. And one of the dramas that, I'm sorry, one of the dramas, <laughs> one of the TV shows that I think is my villain origin story um why i don't watch western tv anymore is um dawson's creek and if you know dawson's creek then you're probably of my age and so it makes sense that you know and if you don't know dawson's creek that's okay don't worry about it um but i remember that this watching this at my kind of young i was like probably I don't want a, a preteen age. My sister was older, so she was watching it. It's like, you know, it's like a teen show that came out uh, when I was, you know, a preteen. And I was watching this show, the first season, super excited about this new show that they were advertising that was for teenagers. You know, I was like, this is going to be super cool. So I started watching Dawson's Creek and just like any teen show or any show that has to do with like just, you know, growing growing pains youth 
it was just like, you know, you have your couples and you have your like your teen love and all of this good stuff. And mind you, people talk about Dawson's Creek to say it's a very good show. Like, it's not that I'm saying that. But what I hated about Dawson's Creek, and this is such a personal problem, was that in the first season, I had my couple. I had the couple that I wanted to be the couple. This is my couple. This is the couple that I'm going to follow throughout this show. This is my couple. But if you know anything about shows that have multiple seasons and especially shows that have to do with following, you know, growing, you know, teenagers growing up and coming of age and going into college and, you know, going into their, their adulthood, things change, lives change, people change, right? And so after this season one, I saw that this couple that I wanted was not going to be the couple. Like it was not actually going to be in game. And that was traumatizing for young Lo. That was just too much for me to handle. And that was like a big no-no for me after that. I was scarred. I was like, you know what? I, I don't support that. I don't want that in my life. I want to have my couple and be able to follow their story to the end and be done with it. Now, mind you, if I had supported the other couple, obviously, then that sh- the show would have been wonderful and I would have watched all the seasons following that. Um, but in this case, that was not the case. And so I was like, no, I'm done. I don't want to watch shows like this. I want to have... I want to basically be able to predict (laughs) what is going to take place. I want to not have to struggle through multiple seasons and the turmoil that are multiple seasons watching these kind of um, heartbreaks and these kind of get back together moments over and over again. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to watch to the end um, the, the, the couple, the story that I want to follow, and then it's done. Not me knowing at that time that I was going to enjoy K-dramas for that reason. So just as people complain about the predictability of K-dramas, um, more so back in the day I think a lot of times K-dramas these days are doing so much better obviously with that but back in the day you can tell you could tell what was going to happen by each episode that was a a thing that I enjoyed I like knowing that if I started this drama with this as my main couple I was going to get to the end of that drama with that being my main couple if I didn't like that main couple and I and I like the side you know I like my second male lead with the main lead I, I mean I that was fine too but I would not watch that drama then, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I just feel like I enjoyed the predictability of K-dramas. And I think to some extent, I still do. I, I don't mind it. I don't I don't mind knowing how the story is really going to follow or fall into place at the end of the day. I don't mind that. And yet I definitely understand why that's critique. <laughs> um, and I think it's a very common one. I think it's a valid one. But I think it's actually... Um, a a reason why I actually enjoy K-dramas, which again, makes me a very simple person. And I am, I am a very simple person. (laughs) I like to know what I'm getting myself into and always, um, in all things. And this is just one of those occasions. I believe I, this is my way of having some kind of control in my life with watching my, my K-dramas knowing how things were going to play out at the end. Sometimes, you know, everything else in your life is out of control, but sometimes watching a K-drama and knowing that this is how the story is going to play out is the control that I need <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so yeah, so that's just a little, little off uh, aside about me and my um, villain origin story. Okay, so another thing that I have, and this one is very common and I know people are very aware of this and have their complaints and critiques about it and it's valid oh trust me it's valid so the next one is excessive product placements (sighs) we know that the frequent and obvious product placements in these gay dramas are usually quite distracting and sometimes totally break your watching experience it kind of takes you out of it each time you notice it and I think that is a fair critique because sometimes it's ridiculous we all know we all have our own examples of dramas in our heads right now that we can call out as just a horrible job at doing product placement horrible horrible job and it was so distracting throughout watching that drama um I've mentioned this and my big one is definitely right off the bat the king eternal monarch man I had never maybe I had but like that was one of the worst 
recent examples of K-dramas and horrible product placement. When I tell you, they wrote entire scenes for their product placement and it was just so off base. It did not completely, did not fit in the, the rest of the episode. It just felt like a in a mid like mid drama commercial and they were like okay they should have just literally paused the show and like and now for our our sponsor now for our our ad advertiser you know like that's what they should have just put up so we can know that we were watching an ad and we were taking some time out and we can go grab our our snacks from the kitchen kind of thing because it was so poorly done there was no actual integration whatsoever so yes that is a very valid critique and it's not gonna go anywhere anytime soon but I think there there are definitely good examples of doing a proper integration of these ads and product placements I think it's definitely possible where it's just not distracting and completely taking you out of the drama dramas have done it well and a lot of dramas have also not done it well but that very very valid very valid valid critique um the next one I have on my list to me doesn't really apply to me it doesn't make sense to me but I think for some people the 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 length of the episodes most k-dramas have episodes that are longer than typical you know western tv shows um which can be challenging for people just in general like people have their time and they're the things that they need to do within a certain time frame and they designate time out of their nights to watch their tv shows and if your drama takes up an hour and 15 minutes of your night when you're like i could watch you know four different um you know episodes of my western shows like in that same time frame like sometimes it's like i don't i don't have the time to watch k-dramas and i think that's valid and again that does not I have no issues with that. That's one of the things that I enjoy about K-dramas is the the amount of the length of an episode. I like the long episodes. I know a lot of people critique that and a lot of people don't like that. Even people who love K-dramas critique it and don't like that. And for me, again, that's one of the things that I do actually really like. I like longer episodes. And this again, is because I think this ties back to my... um, my idea of like the pacing of of dramas and like having the certain amount of episodes that they do have so having like a 16 episode drama and each episode is an hour and and, and 10 minutes I know I'm gonna have you're gonna have tons of time to tell that story I know I'm not gonna have any issues with you telling you know building the the story and building your characters and showing that development through the cross of that time I appreciate the length of the episodes I think that's the way that you get all the story in that you need to get in. Now, this does not work, <laughs> obviously, for dramas and stories that are just not that good and that are you're just like completely spending too much time. Like, for example, um, see, I told her I wasn't going to give example dramas and I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that, guys. I apologize. Oh my gosh. But I'm going to have to pick on the King Eternal Monarch again. I'm so sorry. But like, for example, like the reason why they had the space to go into throwing in entire, entire scenes that were just product placement scenes that's because the episodes were too long you know like you, you had too much time on your hands you could have cut that down a little bit um and I you know so I I do know where it it can go awry when you are when you have these lengthy episodes as well so I think it's a very valid critique obviously but again for me that's one of the, the things or one of the reasons I like K-dramas I do like the length of those episodes you get really immersed I mean it takes you completely into another space and it's a length of like a short you know film a lot of times but I love it I love it I love it I know I know people hate it but I actually really like that um the other one that I have here is the overuse of cliches um so a lot of people believe that K-dramas rely heavily on over, you know, like these cliches so that, you know, it makes the dramas feel less um, innovative or fresh. A lot of the times people find out or a lot of times people figure these these cliches that they keep seeing on repeat in K-dramas a lot of times make the dramas feel like five other dramas that they watched <laughs> prior and yes, you do run the risk of that, obviously. And I think that's not going anywhere. I think the cliches, for me at least, are a big, a big part of the K drama as a huge entity, as a genre, not as like 
you know, like one of the conventions of K-dramas, using some of these cliches, knowing that you're going to see some of these moments that are kind of like hearkening back to um, other K-dramas and referencing other moments in K-drama. Like those cliches to me make it fun. Um, and, and it, but again, I understand how it can be like, oh, here we go again. Another um, rain umbrella scene, you know, like I get it, you know, it's, it's, another kiss in the rain scene here we go again and I, I I know how that can be annoying and frustrating and kind of like boring to some people but as I think people who appreciate k-dramas those are the little little cliches and little nuggets I think that are kind of like call outs to people who watch a lot of k-dramas I think it's like a little moment for us to be like check <laughs> there's that moment I was waiting for it um for me back in the day my scene that my cliche scene that I really like to see um that I really really enjoyed and I feel like they do less of these days so they need to bring this cliche back actually it's the 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 shower seat scene of the male lead the shirtless you know shower the water dripping down his chest scenes they don't they don't shoot those as they used to they don't shoot them like they used to that used to be every drama you would make your male lead he was going to be in the shower within those first two episodes you were going to see his shower seat okay and i miss those Okay, you want to talk about cliches that they should never have gotten rid of? That's the one. That's the one. Okay, so <laughs> I'm being ridiculous, <laughs> but I'm for real. Like that is the thing. Like I think sometimes you see it in dramas, and you're like, oh, there's that thing again. And I think there are cliches that some of us really, really love. Like I said, my shower scenes. Um, <laughs> I think there's cliches that some of us really, really love. And so when we have it in a drama each time, it just kind of like, you know, can tug at our heart or it just makes us swoon. And I think those are worth it. You know, we need those in K-dramas. If you don't have those, then where are swoon-worthy moments, okay? So yeah, I think that is a, a big, big, big critique of a lot of people who are tired of certain cliches, really. But they secretly, if you watch K-dramas, you have your cliche that you love. And if you don't have that in a drama, you're a little heartbroken. I'm going to be honest. So just just, just think about that. Take some time and think about your favorite cliches um, that you appreciate every time you see it in K-dramas. You're never bored of it. You appreciate it each and every time because you have it. I know you have it. And yes, we all do have our other ones that are like, okay, that I could do without that, <laughs> that cliche. I think for me, it's the rain. I don't like people standing in the rain. It just makes me think they're going to get sick or it's just like, I don't like wet clothes. So I think it's just me, a personal problem. So that I think I have a little bit more of an issue with the rain. It's like, get them out of the rain, okay? <laughs> but I also understand people who like it because it's just like so dramatic and it's like, oh my gosh. And the rain doesn't stop their love, you know? I, I get it as well. So yes, that's a fair critique. There, there are definitely sometimes overuse of cliches. And I think some dramas know how to throw in just the right amount and some obviously can do it a little too much but I don't think that's as common these days um to be honest I think we're doing a lot better with the overuse of cliches um okay so next on the list here which is a um (laughs) I mean if this to me is a convention of gay drama okay like you gotta have this and if you don't have this then you're gonna get complaints from the fans talking about oh my gosh the drama was too realistic I don't watch k-dramas for realism you know that kind of critique um but unrealistic romantic portrayals romantic relationships and these k-dramas are sometimes idealized to such a point that makes it feel completely disconnected from reality and to me that is why a lot of people love (laughs) k-dramas People like to see these um, unrealistic portrayals of romance. That is a part of the swoon worthiness of these K-dramas. That's a convention that I think we really appreciate and that we love. Um, But, but that is a very, very common critique. I think people who are, you know, the, the realist are, who are like, that's not realistic. I, that would never happen in real life. You know, those people would not like K-dramas. Fair enough. Got it. So they probably should not watch K-dramas. But even in saying that these days, I think 
we are seeing more and more, again, K-dramas breaking their own conventions and, and doing more with, um, or doing away with some of the things that a lot of us do like and appreciate about K-dramas. And I think this one is becoming one of them. I think a lot of people have been complaining in the most recent years about, hey, why was that too realistic? I, I don't, I, I want this happy ending. I wanted the ending to be like this. You know, I wanted this couple to have this situation. And why is it like that? You know, and a lot of times that is fair because we watch K-dramas for certain conventions. And I think that's definitely one of them. And yet K-drama, they are doing that. They're breaking their own rules these days. And that's just to me another testament to why you can't lump all K-drama into one category like they all do this one thing it's like no they don't all do this one thing at least not anymore a lot of them are doing a little bit more in different things um and I'm definitely thinking about <laughs> when I'm thinking about unrealistic romantic portrayals um that was that's a that was a very big critique back in the day because of the way that they would idealize the male leads and some of the things that they would do they're like that's never that never would happen like that's not ideal that's not how you know the guy would act in that situation a lot of people would critique that and complain about it but again hey a girl can dream okay that's what we that's what we should say hey you know we can all dream you know um we can all dream so i think that's very common critique definitely uh, to me a convention of k-drama that i like and that i appreciate and but throughout time i've definitely seen um k-dramas doing away with some of that and i think that's fair and that's okay as well i think that's fair and i think that's okay as well um and i'm not trying to and i made I made a point not to call out any examples for this one because i know you guys all have your own examples so you know think about that but I know what you're thinking. I know which dramas you're thinking. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. And then another one here that I have um, are, this one's actually a really good one. Um, and this one is cultural nuances um, that are lost in translation. So a lot of times I think, and I think this was probably more of a problem definitely back in the day when subtitling was a, a gift. <laughs> And not a given. Um, it was definitely a gift when subtitles were a gift. Um, and I, I have to say that with knowing that that was probably, well, you know what? That's a lie. I, I was gonna say like, hey, you know, back then the the subtitling was like, no, the subtitling was top tier, and it took so much time. Um, we had subtitling teams that would take week, you know, weeks to go through episodes. And it was like, you waited, okay? And when you would get it back, it was like, they would give you little side notes and references and like, they would explain certain things. So I felt like actually back then, K-drama subtitling was actually a lot more extensive and I got to learn and understand a lot more through the time and the effort that went into subtitling. Um, Cause I think they took a lot of time to explain little little footnotes on the screen um seriously on the screen um these subtitling teams which were all unpaid these were nothing but fan subs out of the goodness of our lovely k-drama community hearts um that they were taking a lot of effort and time into putting um in those references so we did understand so it was a lot wasn't to me lost in translation back in the day but these days i do I do have to say I can see where it could. I definitely could see where it could be. Um, and not because they're not doing a good job subtitling or anything like that. I mean, I don't speak Korean, so I don't really don't know what is good and what is bad necessarily. But I think some of the, the nuances that I used to get with the footnotes that, you know, for the old school fan subbing teams, I don't see that in these more kind of commercialized, um, made a readily available for you subtitling. I think they don't go into some of that footnoting as they used to back in the day. Um, so I don't, I, you know, I think that is definitely a critique. And I think that is something that we should still be critiquing and still bringing aware that, there are some nuances that have to do with Korean culture that people who just don't have that insight 
are gonna miss and that's a shame a lot of that's a lot of time that's a shame but also that is a reason why you may not enjoy the k-drama because there are things that you're just completely missing completely going over your head and it's taking you out of the story so i do think that is something that more people probably should um, pay attention to when they're watching dramas to make sure that they are kind of picking up where they can those those nuances because it will help you engage and appreciate the story that you're watching a little bit more for sure so that's a good one I think that's a very good critique actually very very good um another one that to me varies okay this depends on the drama okay this is not just a convention of k-dramas but uh, this one I have is excessive drama and angst now Yes, the the melodramatic nature of some K-dramas just do do not sit well with a lot of people. Um, And they can be pretty overwhelming emotionally if depending on, you know, the length of that drama and how much they're putting you through. And I, I definitely would say... I said this recently when I I put out an episode before this about the drama Secret or Secret Love. And it was to me, it was from 2013 and it is a melodrama through and through. I mean, I talk about this drama. Please go listen to that episode because it's me trying to convince people to watch it Um, episode. (laughs) But definitely it is a lot. And I say that in that in that kind of um in my episode about it, it is a lot to watch that drama. It is emotionally a roller coaster ride, and it's a lot. It's a lot. But I also say in that episode that I think that it was right at the end um, that year that that drama came out in 2013. I feel like that was one of the last years where you really had such a melodramatic K drama like that. I mean, it was mellow dramatic it was over the top in plot in so many ways and I feel like that back then was able to fly but these days melodrama to that extent has a really hard time um it does I think there are people who just generally are going to enjoy melodrama no matter what doesn't matter what year comes out they're gonna enjoy it but I feel like it's less popular these days and I feel like people who are you know making these k-dramas are doing less with the melodrama I really do I think they are steering a little more away from it because it's easier to to critique (laughs) it really is and I think a lot of people just don't enjoy it as you know just as a story like they just enjoy their melodrama I am one that's on the fence with melodrama I like it sometimes and sometimes I don't and I think that's fair depending on how well they do it because I think melodrama you can mess up and you can really go mahjong really easily and I think those are two separate things I think melodrama and mahjong are different and I think it's a fine line with melodrama not you know almost going into mahjong so you have to be careful and I think that's the problem is that it's a it's a really fine line and a lot of times it just ends up going mahjong and if you weren't expecting to watch mahjong and you thought you were just going to watch a wonderful melodrama and then you're like sorely disappointed so yeah I think that that excessive drama and angst to me is only for that genre of dramas um which are melodramatic but you know and if you're watching a mock jung drama you're expecting drama and angst and just too much and that's that's expected so you know the people that critique that maybe are just watching the wrong dramas okay they're just watching the wrong ones you're watching the wrong genre okay um you are obviously watching the wrong genre but anyway another one that i have here and this one i take offense to okay i take actual offense to um and this one says lack of originality lack of originality they you know people believe that certain k-dramas feel like they are just redoing the same plots and concepts over and over and over again i take offense to this because again as someone who likes the predictability that k-dramas can sometimes provide i don't mind it i don't mind it okay i don't mind it and i'm trying i'm biting my tongue right now to bring up a drama of this year that (laughs) i actually you know let's not talk about it but lack of originality i think it's true i think there are some plots in k-drama that you see on repeat 
it's just a thing that it is it's like it's, it's just a thing you see it on repeat and I don't think again I'm mad at that I don't find that as an issue if I have different actors in this drama that I want to see if the way that the actors are portraying the characters and this kind of same old same old plot are a little bit more fun and entertaining or interesting or they just take a totally different turn or um you know they, they do something different with it I that I look I watch for that sometimes in these dramas that seem to be the same you know like oh it's that same old plot but sometimes I will purposely watch those dramas to see how they kind of make a you know turn it on its head a little bit or how the actors portrayal of some of these kind of stock characters are a little bit different I sometimes purposely look for that and that to me sometimes is entertaining and enough for me to watch that k-drama with a familiar or similar plot of 15 other dramas that I've watched that's sometimes fine but obviously if you're ready to get something new and fresh and exciting and you start a drama, you're like, I just saw this two months ago. You know, I can't be mad at that. I can't be mad at you for that because it's true. Some It does happen. It does. It does happen. Um, and sometimes it, it's done better than the thing that you watched back then. So I think sometimes it's worth to watch a drama that has a similar or familiar plot to see how it differs from the one that you are comparing it to. And that's where you can get some entertainment out of it, being the same old, same old. But you're right. It's sometimes you don't you don't want to watch the same old, same old thing. Sometimes you want to watch something new and fresh and exciting and something you've never seen before. And I think that's definitely a fair, you know, fair thing. And that's a fair and this is a fair critique. But I don't think it's a convention of K-drama. I think um, you know what I also think, and I think this might tie into this concept of concept of lack of originality. And I think it's again, this is a little bit more to do with yesteryear K drama, where you were watching dramas from these kind of big, you know, channels, these big networks. And at the time, this was very common, and I think it still happens. These you know today with K dramas, but it was way more common back then because you had less K dramas coming out than you do now but and you were and a lot of these k-dramas were coming from these big networks and they didn't have much competitions competition beside that um so it's just like these major networks putting out all their dramas on the same days and same times they, they were competing against one another and in doing so what you ended up seeing was that a lot of networks were putting out the same type of dramas at the same time on purpose so that they were like don't watch their vampire drama watch our vampire drama you know what I mean and so a lot of times you were seeing the same story same plot some of the same stuff happening at the same time that they were dropping at the same time and it was like this this network competition that they had going on I don't see that as common these days obviously with just the sheer amount of k-drama that we have coming out at once but I and k-dramas that are kind of pre-filmed and released as opposed to like back then they were filming on the spot you know it was just a whole nother mayhem we'll talk about that another day um but I do think that is something that happened more often back then where it was on purpose you were getting the same story same story same story from every network because they were releasing those dramas at the same time every night so they're like I don't want you to watch theirs watch mine um and that was fair and so then it was really like a, a battle of the actors like who you had in your drama because then it was like the, the more popular the more famous you had that's who's going to get the numbers and it, it made sense it made sense to a degree but I think that's where a lot of that lack of originality really came from because they were just trying to compete with one another <laughs> uh, but yeah okay so um moving along here another one I have which I don't I don't know about this one but unrealistic portrayals of professions now I don't think I think this is I, I don't think this is a real critique that I think should even be brought up. I'm reading it. I'm I gathered it, but I was like, who cares? Okay, <laughs> who cares if the the doctors' um, dramas are being portrayed? The, you know, the way that doctors are being portrayed and K dramas are a little unrealistic. Oh well, I think they do that in Western TV shows all the time. Um, so I think that's fair. I, I mean, I don't think that's a fair critique. I think a lot of media does that with professions they want to sensationalize them and that is fair very very common not just in k-dramas so i don't think that's a fair critique for just k-dramas by any means um 
Yeah. And I, what they really should be critiquing is when the portrayals of professions in K-dramas are not entertaining, when they're boring, when you don't give gain my interest about that profession because you just like don't make it interesting i think that's the bigger critique okay i need you to make it a little unrealistic if it's going to make it more interesting i'm saying i'm just saying okay and you know doctors are not the only professions that i'm i just pulled that one out but there are so many other professions that we see in k-dramas that i'm just like you could make that a little bit more interesting you couldn't do that a little bit better (laughs) but in this case like i said i i don't think it's a fair critique of k-dramas i think most shows media when they're talking about professions they gotta they gotta make them exciting gotta sensationalize them it's fine not a fair critique at all at all um but yeah let me go on to this next one this one i have complained about this is my big big maybe my biggest critique of k-drama for sure and it's poorly developed supporting characters come Um, you I just said this in like one of my episodes a couple episodes back I said this one of the things I hate the most are like in k-dramas are frivolous characters I hate I hate characters that seem like they're supposed to be you know they have too much screen time but they're not giving them anything they're not developed they're not giving them anything for me to connect to to make their characters worth their screen time that you're giving them and you're giving them a lot um I hate that I hate that I hate that I am a character driven gal I say this in every episode I talk about k-dramas I care about character characters first and plot second and so if you give me two main characters that are wonderful and interesting and then you give me some supporting characters that are just as connected to those main and they are just kind of like I'm a robot. I'm a robot. I I I want nothing to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't care how great those main characters in are. I'm still going to have a problem with that drama. So I completely support this critique. I think this is my main critique when this happens. Again, not all K-drama. Definitely have some wonderful K-dramas where cast all around, all the characters flesh out so well developed I mean too well developed I thought they were the leads you know that kind of thing definitely know that's not common um but when it's when it happens it's a pet peeve for me that is a big critique when I have poorly developed supporting characters any more than just your main characters being well developed and round and fleshed out when you're giving those supporting characters the same attention the same screen time the same same amount of time on screen as my main leads and they're so robotic they have nothing to them they're transparent they're very see-through there's no development from beginning to the end of their character you know in the story I can't stomach it it's my pet peeve I this is this is the one critique on this list that I have to say yes yes when that happens it's a no-go for me it's a no-go um it's a no-go oh this one is a very common one I think again a, a I, I would say a critique that applies more with the the longer you know longer k-dramas back in the day 16 20 episodes um I wouldn't say so for like our 50, 60 segooks. I don't think this is a problem, but maybe it is. (laughs) Maybe it is. Um, But dragged out conflicts. So conflicts that you're like, can we get some resolution, please? I think, and and, and the conflicts too, this this is the other thing I think this dragged out conflicts relates to. I think it relates to those, those, those conflicts and K dramas where every single episode that conflict gets a new misunderstanding involved and so it just makes it even more balloon even more and you're just like are you kidding me (laughs) there's another reason for us to push this conflict out because now the character misunderstood this element oh now this character misunderstood that they missed each other and now they now this conflict has expanded into two more episodes yeah like that conflict those were pet peeves of mine back in the day and I think that was more common in older episodes I mean sorry in older k-dramas I don't see that as often these days where it's like the conflict is just like not meeting its resolution when it's supposed to or the conflict doesn't 
it, so this is the thing back when those K dramas from yesteryear, the conflict that was being dragged out was being dragged out with no real reasoning. The reasons would be so simple of like, all he needed to do was to show up at this time, at this place, and then the conflict was resolved. It was no real conflict. And so it just felt like we're dragging on a conflict that isn't a real conflict in the story. But these days, I feel like what they do now is like the conflict is a real conflict. So it can be dragged out. It can go throughout most of the drama because this is a serious conflict. We really need some time to kind of develop this and then also to to resolve it. It takes some time. It takes some episodes. And so these days, that what I that's what I see more common in K-dramas. I don't see that that kind of conflict that I used to see back in the day where it was like, this is such a simple fix. This is such a simple resolution. This could be resolved and not even one episode. It can be resolved in one scene kind of conflict. Those are, I think, the conflicts that they're critiquing. And again, I think this is something from K-dramas of yesteryear, not so much that you will see in K-dramas these days. So fair fair complaint, but not one that I think is common these days. Um, so next I have here, and this one is interesting. I, I, I think this is a, it's a fair one, but I, I think this was an interesting one. Um, this one I have here is cultural and societal norms where K-dramas often reflect certain cultural and societal norms that may not align with everyone's values or beliefs. Now, again, this is very fair. If you don't understand why a certain culture, you know, is doing something or it's affecting these people the way that it's affecting, that's because you just don't relate to that and you don't understand that culturally. That's fair. Um, so you may not enjoy a story that's talking about that. Um, but I will say that a lot of the things that I, like some of the societal and cultural norms um, that are displayed in K-dramas, a lot of them people I think now are aware of them in Korean you know culture so they are able to to understand or you know even like connect but like understand what's happening on screen now because of the way they just kind of are aware of some of the the things that are a part of Korean culture so I think that that this may be applied to a thing of yesteryear as well if you were coming to K-dramas after not watching any other K-dramas and you were kind of new to it I think it took some time to really understand what was happening and culturally um in Korean um in Korean culture to know that this is a part of this or societal norms um and then once you understood that watching it in the drama and what how it affected those characters it made sense okay so I, I think it's a, a it's a valid critique but again I don't know if that's as relevant these days because um, I think a lot of people are familiar with some of the you know just cultural and societal norms of Korea um, so yeah and the other one that I have here oh this one's interesting I don't know if I, I okay so what do you guys think about this one so another critique here is the excessive focus on appearance uh, where certain K-dramas often place an emphasis on physical appearance, which can then contribute to the unrealistic beauty standards that we you know just know are upheld in today's society. And I think this one is an interesting one. I pulled it for that reason because I think it'd be a good discussion and a good thing to kind of think about because I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've thought about that. And I think that's probably a problem, you know, that I haven't thought about this as a critique for um, K-dramas as it probably should be. You know, I think this is a very actual valid critique that I think more people might need to, and maybe I don't pay as much attention to it um, because I'm not in Korean society and I'm not um, trying to live up or uphold their beauty standards. Um, so maybe that's why it doesn't, isn't one that I've ever kind of connected with or saw as an issue and critiqued. Um, but I think this is a fair one. I think this is a good good one to bring up and I, I think it's, it's very valid. But I, I've never myself personally had an issue with this. And I think, again, it's because I'm not living within Korean society and trying to uphold their beauty standards. So that's, see, this is why I did this. See, like, it, gets, it gets a little deeper sometimes, it gets a little deeper. 
So yeah, that's actually really, really interesting. Um, and then the other one that I have here is, and I think this is a good one. I think this is a really good one. And so this one is the sensitive portrayal of certain topics or the insensitive portrayal of certain topics and where people believe that K-dramas have a hard time handling certain sensitive topics such as mental health and sometimes it can be viewed the way that they handle these topics um, in a very inadequate or inappropriate manner and I think this one has been called out more recently I think this is a critique that is very I think I think this is one that I have seen be brought up about or against k-drama in recent years not so much obviously years ago because I think mental health just wasn't on anyone's mind as it should have been years and years ago but these days as mental health is obviously such a big part of our day-to-day kind of psyche. I think everyone's always thinking about mental health in some capacity, be it their own or their loved ones or the people that they watch and and support. You know, they are thinking about people's mental well-being. And I think K-drama has always struggled with this. and, And I think they are still struggling with it to some degree. But I think they have made some shifts within the last, I would say, five years for sure where they have tried to bring up this as a actual topic in K-drama and they are trying their best to portray it in a way that is sensitive um, and and they're doing a little bit better in portraying it and I will say that they have tried to bring it up and still not done it well you know I'm gonna be honest so I, I think this is definitely a a recent critique of K-drama and I think it should continue to be a critique of K-drama and I think they're doing a good job of 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 calling it out. I think that is being called out and I think it is definitely affecting the way that some of these K-dramas are portraying mental health. Um and I you know what I actually think and I'm going to bring up a bring up a K-drama example even though I said I didn't want to do that. I will bring up from this year, Agency, um, which was starring Ebo Young. And I watched this K-drama a couple months ago, not even that long ago. And I was super impressed with their uh, portrayal of mental health and how it connects to career and and womanhood and and how to strive to do well in a career and how those things can really be affect how that can affect your mental health. And I thought that was so new in K-drama. I was like, this is okay, K-drama. I called it out in my little episode. I did a quick pop-off about agency. So do check that out. Um, no spoilers. And I, and I did in that episode mention how that thoroughly impressed me about agency, that they were touching on this topic and they did a really good job with how they handled it. So definitely, definitely I see the strides. I see them being made to do their best to even bring it up as a subject in a K-drama these days, but then also in bringing it up, portraying it really well and handling it sensitively and respectfully. And I think Agency is an example of that from this year. So just shout out for Agency, but also very, very, very good critique about K-dramas. And I think calling it out has started to um, inspire some change for sure for sure so sometimes it's good to critique okay it's good to call some things out um, so this one, I'm just going to wrap up. I had maybe two more on there, but I'm going to, I don't want this episode to be too long. So I actually, we're going to end on this critique, which is interesting <laughs> because the critique is cliffhangers and open endings. Okay. Um, you know, where people believe that in K-dramas endings, sometimes they leave major plot lines unresolved and they kind of rely heavily on cliffhangers so that they can make the viewers kind of write their own conclusions to these dramas when sometimes it's just like lazy writing right (laughs) so I think that is uh, I don't know I don't feel like K-drama has an issue too for me when K-dramas have open endings to me they're relevant it makes sense I think the open ending was actually fair and it didn't need to close it in any other way um but that's probably because the drama itself did a great job with making sure there were no huge 
gaping loopholes in the story okay now i think the critique is coming from the dramas where you can tell they got lazy in the end and they were like i don't know how we're gonna wrap up these 15 other you know plot holes that we just completely just left hanging you guys is open it's open ending you make your own ending up you know um and i think that's just lazy writing and that's not a convention uh, at all of k-drama and i don't think if anything i think k-dramas are known for their very satisfactory endings they're very happy endings where you feel very happy and satisfied with everything wrapping everything up in a nice neat little bow sometimes to the the fault of the like the detriment of the drama where you're like that you just just wrap that up to make it look nice and pretty and shiny when it doesn't really make sense for the story that you just told you know sometimes that was to me is a bigger problem than you you know ending openly and it just is a very kind of free open ending i did want to give an example for this one but i was like i'm not gonna do it because i'm i'm trying not to give too many examples but to me an example of an open ending um for me would be I guess it's, is, is it open? For me, it was open ending, but maybe to others it wasn't. And I know it's based off of a novel, so there was an ending for sure there. Um, but the interest of love from this year, for me, there is an openness to that ending that was so fitting, that made so much sense, and I thought it was perfect. And yet I could see people who may have watched it could definitely see that open ending as not making sense and not being a a proper resolution to the turmoil that that drama put us through um but i i loved it i think i appreciated it so and and i don't have a problem with open endings i think in general and i don't think it's common with k-dramas i think k-dramas more more than anything they definitely wrap up things neat with a little bow sometimes when it doesn't even need a little bow so I don't think that's really a critique I think is fair of K-dramas I do think that when we do see the open endings and the cliffhangers being issue it is because it's just a poorly written drama in general and that was never that we knew that before it got to the ending okay (laughs) we knew the ending was gonna be a mess when we were watching the drama so that's just poor writing uh and i don't think again that's very much a convention of k-dramas at all um in general so yeah that is what i'm gonna leave it on i think i wanted to wrap this up i don't want to make these episodes to be too long but i do want to be enough time to kind of get through the topic at hand and kind of just chat and chill and throw some thoughts out there so now that i've kind of gone through some of those critiques I want to pass this over to you guys, of course. Um, I want to, I'm probably going to leave the question of what are some of your critiques that you agree with from this list or some critiques that I did not bring up at all. Like I said, I did not actually mention a few other ones because I just, of the amount of time and those that I kind of didn't come up against, I think could be their own episodes, going to be honest. Um, but yeah, one of the ones that I'm just going to throw out really quickly that I have on this list that I didn't get a chance to get to would be the um, stereotypical characters. Um, and another one is lack of diversity. Again, that could be an episode on its own to talk about that. But then again, stereotypical characters as someone who mentioned not liking flat one-dimensional characters that goes without saying there are a lot of tropes and stereotypical types or you know type of characters that you will always see in k-dramas at times and that's frustrating and that can be annoying um and that sometimes to me is a convention of k-drama where it's like you are expected to have that type of character in the same drama with this type of character and then that equals the the lack of originality when it comes to the other critique of like the storylines and the plots so yeah like all that is connected um and those are some other ones that i'm just on my list i didn't get to but throw some other ones out at me guys that you have personally about k-dramas or that you hear often that's not on this list um or that you've heard someone say to your face you know um someone that's like telling you why they don't like k-dramas and to you when you're like i don't care this is why i like them but you know let me know some of the critiques that you have heard about k-dramas and ones that you agree with and ones that you're you don't agree with ones that you you see are valid but actually you don't mind you know tell me all of that um over on instagram and also i'm gonna leave it as a question here on spotify so do respond to that so we can kind of share and continue the conversation um amongst ourselves and also 
also if you want um, me to do more episodes like this please let me know again these are bonus type episodes I'm just putting them out as something to have you guys to listen to while I am on vacation but if you guys like these episodes these catch a vibe with Lola episodes please please reach out to me and let me know so I know to do more of them Um, and if you want me to expand on any of these or if I've mentioned anything in passing and one of these episodes and you're like I actually want a full episode on that let me know because I would be more than happy to do that for you guys um if you hate these also let me know that and like you know what stick to talking about specific dramas and and keeping me updated on the currently airing k-dramas I don't want to hear about you know random topics so let me know that too because I don't want to do anything guys you guys don't want to listen to at the same time okay I mean that's not true sometimes I will put things out that I just want to put out for myself but if it's just like a whole type of episode that I do that you don't like do let me know that okay so that's it I think that's all for this episode I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes that you like this that it's okay um that you don't mind it I hope this episode wasn't too controversial and like you know you guys were like oh my gosh what were you talking about in this you know I hope it was like you know it made sense and you didn't mind my voice too much being all cracky and kind of like sultry (laughs) sounding I hope you guys didn't mind that but I um but yeah I enjoyed doing these episodes I like just like I said sitting back on my couch and just chatting with you guys and I would love to do this more often if you like them um but yeah that is it so that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening i hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real lola's off